0: Alright everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Rambler I am your host Mike McDonald, welcome to the show, welcome to the podcast I appreciate all the, uh, the listeners, welcome adoptees and family and friends of adoptees Or, you know, adoptive parents and such, and extended family too And you know, all kinds of people, oh hey, what's up, my dog is here Everybody say hi to Penny, hi Penny, hi Uh, That's my dog, she's a yellow lab mix, I have another dog Sally. She's also a lab mix. She's a black lab. I want to say a pit mix. I don't know. They're both from North Carolina. They're rescues. They're good dogs, but uh Penny is very needy. She likes to be by me all the time, so you may hear her collar jingle or jangle around every now and then. You know what I mean? You dog people know what I mean. We also have a cat. Dylan. He's a very fat grey tabby. He's a he's a good cat. I didn't get along with him at first, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, when I first met Dylan, he was kinda off putting and cat like. <laughs> you guys know what I mean? Cats have these personalities. Sometimes they're they're just uh they're kinda mean. Cats can be mean. We're not here to talk about him though. You know? Sorry, Dylan. We're not here to talk about you. We're here because we're gonna talk with Brendan Albrizio today. Today's show is with Brendan Albrizio up in uh up there in Boston, living the high life. Uh not the happy hour life though, unfortunately for him. Because apparently Boston doesn't do that. We get into that and many other things. To include uh, one subject that I actually want to touch on uh, this week. uh, Because last week we took off because it was Memorial Day. Look, I needed a break. I need a little break every now and then. Just like the rest of you. I'm human. Okay? I'm human. I have needs that include a vacation that I feel entitled to every now and then. So I did that. I took a little break. And I hope you guys appreciate it, because, you know, for for my avid listeners, you're like, oh man, I wish I had a show to listen to, because I'm stuck here with my family on Memorial Day, and there's nothing else to do, and I'm bored, and I can't check Facebook every two seconds. Uh, the rest of you, however, <laughs> have, uh, I think you're falling behind on the episode, so I'll give you a week to, to catch up a little bit, alright? The other thing we want to talk about this week, because we took that week off, we got a lot to catch up on, is... Uh, Uh, Unfortunately, um, I published this on on Facebook. It kind of went around. This uh, girl, Emily Olson, from Fairfield, Ohio, suffered a lot of bullying out there, and and she killed herself. She committed suicide. Um, My deepest condolences go out to her family and friends out there in in Fairfield. And, yeah, I posted this on on Facebook when I saw the article because it it hit me kind of hard as somebody who... uh, who got bullied? She was a, a Chinese adoptee who, uh, according to this article in the Washington Post, uh, suffered discrimination because of her race and perceived sexual orientation. You know what? one of the a lot of people ask me why I uh, started this podcast, why I, I continue to do it, and if I were to be completely honest, it's because. Um, yeah, I I uh, have had friends who committed suicide, who felt different, who've gotten depressed, or who are diagnosed as bipolar, and they're suffering. They're suffering for their adoptee issues, their adoption issues, and they're trying to work through it. And they feel like that there's no resources out there, that they're all alone, that nobody understands them. And part of the reach for this podcast, I'm hoping for one of the purposes that I don't really talk about too much, but it is definitely one of the purposes behind the show is to help people like that, especially kids and teenagers. Uh, You know, it says explicit on on iTunes and on uh, Google Play and all these other things. But I I hope that doesn't deter my younger listeners from listening to the show. You know, I'm pretty sure they've heard the F word before. (laughs) But I I do want them to know that they aren't alone out there in the world and in their experiences. You know, I suffered bullying as as a kid a lot. Uh, Not necessarily always because of my race, mostly due to my small size and stature. (laughs) Uh, my my love of musicals uh, and a lot of other things. But, you know, m- maybe it was because of my race sometimes, too, and in a more uh, subconscious way. I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But listen, uh, that I don't, unfortunately, it, it's something that a lot of kids suffer and they have to suffer because they don't You know their parents don't know what to do or the school doesn't know what to do. And they have all these initiatives to stop bullying and and everything like that. But, I mean, what does it amount to if there's no teeth behind it, if the bullies never get punished, or if they don't stop, or whatever? I mean, there's only so much programming you could do where they're like, oh, bullying's not cool, and if you're a bully, you should stop this. And we're going to put on this short play about it that the bullies really don't give a shit about. All right? That's, That's crap, okay? These bullies need to be told. To stop it, all right? They're not going to just stop out of the goodness of their hearts. It just doesn't work that way. Uh, obviously, this this article has touched a nerve for me. It makes me sad because I feel like you know, there's been in the past, especially with race issues, you know, Asians often get ostracized or put off as the nerds or the weaklings or especially Asian males. They're not sexualized in the case of the females, and most of the time they're exoticized or overly fetishized, and it's unfortunate and it's wrong. And I'm hoping that, you know, all of these things today that are going on in the year 2016 uh, with this podcast, with other Asians on TV, with Asians in the media, with uh, hashtag whitewashedout or hashtag starring John show or any of this stuff kind of puts in all the rest. But you know what? There's other hashtags out there. I mean, Jen came on her vlog, pointed out how she felt about this other hashtag on Twitter and Instagram, hashtag chink eyes. And, you know, if I'm going to put my two cents in, uh, that's bullshit that there's a hashtag about like this emoticon having chink eyes or saying that if you're smiling with your eyes like barely open that you have chink eyes, that's really fucked up. And you know what? It subjugates Asians in a way that, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying to be funny or whatever. And me and my friends aren't serious about it. We're not real racists. We're not racist. Well, you kind of are. You're being a racist dick. All right. So just knock it off. Just quit it. It's not me being overly sensitive; it's you being an asshole, and you need to recognize that, all right. So, I, I'm sorry if I'm cursing a lot during this intro, and I'm uh, a little bit more emotional than I uh, usually would be, but it, it needs to be said, all right. So, I, I apologize for that, and uh, again, you know, I'm, what I'm trying to do here is stave off any of these uh, these feelings that some adoptees or just Asians and minorities in general or females or LGBTQs uh, have to go through on a daily basis. And and they shouldn't be subjected to all this crap bullying. Okay, they really just it it should stop. It needs to stop. And I hope that you kids understand that it does get better. And uh, don't put up with that shit. Just don't put up with it. I mean, like I, I didn't put up with it. Uh, when I was a kid, I tried to fight back a little bit. And yeah, you're probably going to put a target on your back that way, but it's worth it. Trust me, stand up for yourself because it's worth it. All right. And on a more positive note. <laughs> I did uh, get this encouraging email from Kelsey, who's currently living in Beijing. I'm very happy to receive this because it kind of validates all the things we were just talking about. All right. Here it goes. It says, hi, Mike. I've been listening to your podcast nonstop for the past week, and I've gotten through like six episodes so far. Thanks, Kelsey. That's awesome. I was wondering who my listener in China was. Also, sharing with all of the adoptees with that I know. I think it's great what you're doing and appreciate the conversations you're having with people without an agenda or point to prove just conversation. I'm a Chinese adoptee currently living in Beijing, China, and it's nice to be able to hear other adoptees share their experiences. There's been a lot of stuff that makes me pause and think, wow, it's nice to know I'm not alone in that feeling or experience. I wish there were more groups or more resources in Beijing. A lot of Chinese adoptees are a bit young, but we'll get there. Anyway, if you ever find yourself in Beijing, let me know. Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey. Thank you for writing to me, and thank you for encouraging me to keep going, okay? I know right now that there uh, it seems like there's not a whole lot of resources out there for Chinese adoptees, but there are. And I'm going to have some Chinese adoptees on the show in the future. Okay, so you can look forward to that and you can share that with all of your Chinese adopted friends. And if you or any of your friends want to come on the show, I would be more than happy to have you. And I'm happy that this podcast is helping you out and making you feel like you're not alone because you're not alone. Okay, I think that's the whole purpose of this introduction that's going on a little bit long at this point. But, you know, I, I, I really wanted to make it known that you guys are not alone out there. I'm not alone and you're not alone. Okay, there's resources. There's people out there. And we all care about you and we love you. Trust me. All right. There are people that love you. Uh, with that said, a couple other uh, things I just wanted to talk about before we got on with our interview with Brendan. The uh, also known as Picnic is this Saturday, June 11th in uh, Prospect Park. You can look that up on their Facebook site and uh, go RSVP on their splash. page uh, on the website. And it's free. And I think it goes from noon to three. So come on by. I'm going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, the week after on that Saturday from about one o'clock to five o'clock p.m. in Washington, D.C., LDC is hosting a workshop on microaggressions, which I will also be attending. I'm going to be in D.C. the next following week. Hopefully I'll meet up with a uh, bunch of different adoptees down there. I can have some interviews lined up for you guys in the future. I think you'll really enjoy that. In the meantime, uh, Aquafina and Dumbfounded—I know that they're not adoptees, but they're Korean rappers and they're awesome. And you should totally check them out. Have come out with two new songs in the in the past week or two weeks that are super awesome. And I'm going to play a little bit of them uh, for you, for you as I make my way into this week's episode with Brendan Albrizio. All right, enjoy this week's episode. Enjoy.
1: Seems so safe to-
0: All right. So, welcome to the Rambler. Thank you for doing
1: the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Mike.
0: So, you had a good night last night?
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) So, there's in Boston, there's just so much construction going on in this one part called the seaport. Have have you been to Boston? I've been to Boston a few times. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've
0: been, I haven't visited the seaport uh, probably since I was a kid. So, I, yeah, I don't know how it's developed or changed over the years. Oh,
1: my God. It is, in, in <laughs> the past five years, it has just been built up. So you go down there now, and uh-huh. there's like friggin', there's a hundred. Oh, can I, can I swear on this right now? Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's like a hundred cranes down there. There's all these new restaurants. Um, it was my friend's birthday on Tuesday. So me, her, her girlfriend, and one of our other friends went out to this place, one of the new restaurants called Committee, and it was just like, we had a great time. It's a Greek place. That's, uh, it's like Greek tapas, but, um, I forget what they call it, but it was, we had a lot of fun. So (laughs) (laughs) if I sound funny, then I apologize ahead of time. Oh boy. (laughs) Well, it sounds like a good time.
0: Well, so I was told by, uh, do you know Jacqueline Wells?
1: I, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, very briefly. I've only known her for a little while.
0: So she was telling me, uh, this past Uh week at the KAS gala, the Korean American story gala. And not 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 about you. Nothing okay. bad. <laughs> don't get worried. She was saying that uh, Boston a doesn't have any happy hours, and b doesn't really stay up late. And I was like, that is really shocking to me. Like, like what? How can you? For, how do you exist without a happy hour? <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> As know a what? city?
1: I think I think that might be a Massachusetts thing. I don't think anyone can have happy hour. They do like out appetizers. Out here, really? can, yeah, so can, can that's said.
0: It's appetizers, but no like drink specials.
1: Yeah. Do they, they have happy hour in New York, right?
0: Ooh, yeah, of course
1: we do. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't even know. Yeah. Can't, can't no. exist
0: without that. Like, like, how do you guys get by after work?
1: <laughs> oh man. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, I guess we don't have any happy hour. We just kind of go out. Um, yeah. We've done the appetizer thing. So I know that a lot of places do do like, Oh, free apps and stuff. So mm-hmm. we do that, but yeah, I guess it's not really something that, I mean, I'm grown up with, so I, I guess I didn't, don't really know what I'm missing. I don't <laughs> so think that really it. prevents people from drinking after work, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not in a bar, I guess, but you're not getting the best deal.
1: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> All
0: right, so you grew up uh, in the Boston area then?
1: Well, I grew up in uh, right outside Worcester in this town called West Boylston. And then when I was in eighth grade, we moved to the Cape so I finished growing up on the Cape, and now I live in Boston. But I've lived in Massachusetts my whole life, other than one year I spent at U Miami for college.
0: Oh, okay. Well, what age great... were you adopted at?
1: So I was one. I was just talking to my brother about this. I was, yeah, we were adopted in like 87 is when we came over. Uh-huh. So I was one in years old, just over a year old. Okay. Who were you
0: adopted through?
1: Love the children.
0: Uh huh. Yeah. All right. Is that yeah, they are? I don't think they're around anymore, from what I hear. But it was
1: an agency. Yes. <laughs> were they in? Were they in Worcester, or Pennsylvania, or something? I I'm sure they were in a lot of places. Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of information. I my brother mostly has the information about so is our your brother,
0: uh, like your biological brother, or yeah, like at the same time, is it was your biological brother.
1: Yeah, so we were adopted together. We are biological brothers. Uh huh. He is three years older than me, and so he was four when we were yeah, uh, wow. just over four. So he when, probably has
0: some memories of Korea
1: still. Um, you know what? He doesn't
0: really. Did do he? Do you think he just like blocks it out? Because I mean, uh, do you have you have memories of when you were like four and three, right?
1: I do, and and I talked to him. So we just had lunch the other day, and I was like trying to talk to him because um, you know, like he's met our birth mother. I oh, have it, really? and so. And yeah, we don't really ever talk about our adoption stuff together. Yeah, it's kind of well, funny. I mean, siblings, I don't think
0: siblings really do that kind of stuff unless yeah. they're both involved in the community, like, in a
1: decently heavy way. <laughs> yeah. he yeah, I mean, he got me involved in the community. But um, we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, do you remember anything? Because our grandmother was telling us some of her memories for when we first came over. Oh, and this yeah? was, like, one of the first times. Our family had ever talked about it, so I was like, "Oh my God, you must remember something, right?" And and he doesn't. And I I guess I understand that. You know, he was there was a lot going on. Obviously, he was speaking Korean when he came Mm -hmm. over, and he had to learn a new language. He had he was given a new name. So, but yeah, yeah, he doesn't really remember anything from that time. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, so I I I told him, and I was joking around a little bit, (laughs) but I was like, "Oh, what if you did hypnosis and?" Yeah, yeah. I yeah. To, you know, I, I don't want to. Well, because he too probably far. has like some memories that he's just not. I, I don't
0: know if they're they're probably not like consciously suppressed, but you know, maybe it was a traumatic time for him,
1: being yeah. so young
0: and being transplanted from one culture that he was growing up with to a completely different culture where nobody's speaking the same language, and oh, all of a, of a sudden you're given a new name and a new identity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Going Right. And and I don't know what to do with it because selfishly for me, I'm like, oh man, if he remembered anything, it's like I was too young to have those memories. Mm -hmm. So I almost want him, I'm pushing him a little bit because I'm like, oh, because those are partly my memories too. Like you can remember what happened when we came over and everything. Mm -hmm. And and so I don't want to push it too hard because I know that obviously a lot was going on in his life and and I don't know that he's going to do it, but um, Yeah, yeah. yeah, we've talked about it.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. So you're being sensitive to his feelings.
1: Yeah, That's That's me a good brother. Yeah, yeah, I try. I'm not a great brother all the time, but I (laughs) I try. try.
0: All right, so uh, you said you grew up kind of all around Massachusetts, New England area. Yeah, Um, yep. What Um, were your kind of experiences uh, growing up there?
1: Oh, so it's so funny. In our old town, um, there were actually a lot of – well, not a lot, but there were other families that adopted, I think, from Korea too. So there were two other families in our Mm -hmm. small town. Uh, that were adopted. And we grew up in obviously a mostly white neighborhood, suburban sure, um, yeah. town outside of Worcester called West Boylston. And we never really talked a lot about the adoption. Um, my older sister is adopted too. She's not really? biological. Yeah. And then I have a younger brother and a younger sister who are biological to my parents. Oh, wow. All right. So I have a big family.
0: Yeah, it's a big family. Yeah. Was it like, well, uh, how did you grow up religiously?
1: Oh, uh, we were Catholic, and then we stopped going to church, like most Catholics, like do, as I guess. a family
0: or like individually, <laughs> kind of. Broke yeah. Off. yeah,
1: yeah, as a family. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I like,
0: I, we're done with this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I forget what happened. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess time. We just we, we used to go every Sunday. Yeah. I went through CCD, first communion, covered. and then I don't know what happened. We just kind of went less and less, and then we just stopped uh... going.
0: Was it, like, a, this, so they didn't wait for, like, a mile mark? They weren't, like, your youngest sibling, like, did communion, and they were like, well, that's it. We're good. No.
1: <laughs> no, I think my brother was the only one who actually got confirmed. Oh, really? Yeah, and then we just stopped going. So you know. weren't, like, super Catholic. It wasn't, no, like... No, no. Shove down we, your throat, or <laughs> No, no, no. We were not at all Catholic. <laughs> I mean, we were Catholic, but not... That wasn't a huge part of... Catholic, and, we like, were you
0: guys yeah. were... did you Were you priesters? What was that? Creasters, the people who go on Christmas and Easter.
1: Oh. <laughs> that was the like, get. You know what? I don't even remember going on Christmas or Easter ever. Oh, really? Maybe we went on Easter. Wow. <laughs> you not the the day those.
0: People usually go on like Christmas. <laughs> that's, that's
1: <laughs> <sad>. <laughs> yeah, we definitely didn't do the Christmas thing. <laughs> but we had a big family, too. So we'd always go see my grandmother or okay, family um, events. Yeah, sure. from my mom's side. And there were five kids, and we were all, uh, you know, I think my we're all within 2 years of each other so my youngest sister is but the spread between my brother and the, the oldest and the youngest in my family is like 8 years yeah so it's like you know wrangling a bunch of kids up at christmas probably wasn't the easiest thing for my parents to try to do wow so she like
0: <laughs> graduating college now what's what's her deal
1: yeah she lives in New Hampshire mm-hmm. with her husband oh yeah and yeah it's That's pretty young to get married. One. I feel like these days. I know, I know. I I couldn't believe it at her wedding because I, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's like what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but they're happy. They're living in New Hampshire. Um, nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, New Hampshire. I, I've never been there, but I heard it's pretty nice up there.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. They live way up there, so Whoa. it's a little far.
0: I <laughs> All right, so you grew up around there. Not too religious, it sounds like. No, you no. Guys, like, so you didn't really have any conversations around adoption or anything, but did you do any adoption-related
1: things when you were kids? And um, My parents, I think they tried to do like, play dates and stuff with, obviously the three of us, with different families that mm-hmm. had also adopted. And I think they were doing that for a while. I don't have any memories of this. They have like, so... a group
0: that they hung out with of other adoptive parents.
1: Yeah, I think the agency would try to pair up different parents together and be like, oh. oh, you know, have the kids hang out. And so I think my parents did that for a little while, but we never did any culture camps. We never, okay. you know, we I, it's kind of like we knew we were adopted, but no one ever talked about it. Sure. Um, we never really, yeah, we didn't do any of that stuff. I, I remember when I spoke on this panel on Cape Cod, I didn't even know there was a culture camp, like, down the street from where we were living. Was there? And,
0: uh, yeah. Did camp, your parents uh, know or did they just like not really seek that kind of stuff out or do you well, know? Uh,
1: well, I mean this was on Cape Cod. So we were kind of I think probably too old for a culture mm. camp by the time I knew it was there. But, <laughs> I, you know, I don't really know. Um, it just wasn't – I think the guidance the agency gave them was kind of like love the kids as Justice your own. Just them and yeah. they kids now. Yeah. And so we were just kind of like regular kids in our town. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, you didn't have the, like, what was the makeup of, like, your middle school and high school experience? Did you have any new kids that you had to, like, because like, wh- where I grew up, it was, like, five elementary schools at the time.
1: And oh, then you wow.
0: all kind of filtered into one middle school and then one high school. But, like, that first couple of years in middle school it was like, tough because you're, like, trying to, like, in, like, in elementary school, you're already stacked up. Like, you already know these kids. <laughs> but then you have, like, a four time exponential value of children in the same year. <laughs> And now you have to restack and reevaluate, like, oh man, where that's... you stand and who you know, and
1: uh... really, no, that is our town was so small that we had one elementary school uh-huh. that everyone went to, and then one middle slash high school. Back... Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, you could so go to like slash high school. Schools. Yeah, I mean, that's how small our town was. So it was like, oh. basically
0: like like what sixth through twelfth grade, like all in one yeah. shot. Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: Yeah. And then there was a lot of private schools in the Worcester area. So there was Mm -hmm. like St. John's that a lot of kids went to. And then that was an all boys school in Shrewsbury. And then there was Notre Dame in Worcester. That was an all girls school Mm. that a lot of kids went to. So by the time we were out of elementary school going into high school, I would say maybe like a third to a quarter of the kids would end up going to a private school, and then everyone else would end up going to. The really, that's
0: pretty school. significant. That's a significant number. Those are like, I, I mean, they sound like Catholic schools, are they Catholic schools? Yeah,
1: they're Catholic schools.
0: Really, <laughs> <laughs> like the strong like Irish Catholic, Italian Catholic. Yeah, they're Roman. Uh, Roman, Catholic, yeah. Roman Catholic, yeah in the New England area, <laughs> yeah, <there laughs> which is the is. Northeast in general because there's a lot in New York and New Jersey, mm-hmm. obviously, too.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. But, uh, I mean, a third to a quarter, so that's a pretty significant part of the population. That ends yeah,
1: up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was – so that's, that kept the school down, but also it was a small town. And um, I think that from the kids that I hang out with, mm-hmm. I hung out with like five of the guys I knew – at least five of the guys ended up going to St. John's, and yeah, so, yeah. So it was crazy, but that's where my brother went. That's where I would have gone before we moved to the Cape. Oh yeah? yeah. My sister went to Notre Dame. All her friends went to Notre Dame. There was like a whole carpool thing in our town. It was like small town America. Sure, yeah.
0: So like, <laughs> but generally, your school experience was you knew everybody else.
1: Oh yeah, from the time you basically from kindergarten through, if you you know basically all the way through middle school, you are with all the same people so it was yeah. like you know I'm always Brendan there was no real like critical thought or any kind of discussion around the adoption everyone just knew that we were adopted Everybody right yeah knew that it never we were came hated.
0: up as an issue
1: yeah yeah so you didn't have to like
0: deal with any like new people coming in and like trying to bully you about that or <laughs> raise you know, it as an issue
1: um I don't really I don't think I ever got bullied in the bully <laughs> uh, you know I made fun of some kids, yeah, oh man, I, I was in some groups that we we make fun of kids I do I know I think about that now I'm like, man, I'm such an asshole. Do you but, play like yeah.
0: sports or anything? what was no, name?
1: and that's the fun the weird thing like I wasn't athletic at all <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I, I, what would you make would fun it? of them about? who were you uh, making fun of what are, who were you making fun of? were you just making fun of kids for being like weird or different or dressing weird or- <laughs> It's like
0: it, – it, when you're a kid though, it's like uh, – it's funny. I remember seeing a cartoon a while ago. It was like, yeah, when you're a kid, all you're trying to do is fit in and be the same as everybody else. And then when you're an adult, it's the exact opposite. You're trying to like fuck out and do something different. It's
1: so hard. Unique. I know it's, it comes full circle and kids are just – I don't know if they're the same. I feel like some of the kids that I talk to, they they seem nicer. To me, they seem to be more understanding than maybe we were when we grew up. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's just like
0: – or maybe it's just a different level of
1: sensitivity. So you can't make fun
0: of kids about That's this. True. You can't make fun mm-hmm. of them. I mean like – Yeah. You know, did you see uh, 21 Jump Street? I did. And it's just like – no, check it out. This is like how you be cool. It's
1: like, oh yeah, no, <laughs> Yo, no. backpack in one arm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and
0: they just totally
1: not What's cool. What's that
0: car get like ten miles a gallon? <laughs> more like eight. <laughs> I don't understand these kids. What is I happening? Know.
1: And that's like when I look back on it, I'm like, man, that's it's so. It felt so different. Oh, yeah. But growing times up was like really changed. Yeah, everyone's. I feel like everyone's just a little bit more sensitive, but they're also more informed. Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. Like I think about the adopted kids now a lot too. I'm like the way <laughs> we grew up that like the way we were doing it it's just, I don't think that that's how they do it anymore.
0: Well, what ways?
1: Well, I feel like maybe it's not so much culture camp, but I think that the parents are more well-informed. They probably talk to the kids about race a little bit more, mm-hmm. we never, I, I remember being on a school bus when we were growing up with my friends and we were making fun of Asian kids for their eyes. Yeah. And like this was like an okay thing. And I'm all that was the only Asian kid in the group, but we were making fun of these Asian kids for their eyes. And it was like I'm like, holy crap, I think about that today. So adopted parents today probably have a lot more like the agencies are probably better supporting them, I would imagine. They they probably discuss race a little bit more, I hope, just because of how much more knowledge we have. Maybe, I don't know.
0: I don't know. I haven't spoken to any of the agency or adoption like parent groups in a very long time. I should probably uh, do some more of that to see gauge where they're at uh, with these kinds of issues. Cause I honestly don't know if uh, where they've improved, say stagnant or
1: <laughs> if it's gone downhill.
0: <laughs> like, I, I have no idea what this is. back to
1: just uh, back to assimilation and.
0: Well, yeah, well, cause uh, you know, back in, back in my day,
1: uh, it was like the culture camps
0: and that was it. And that was a step in the right direction from where they were before. Mm-hmm. And now there's all kinds of mentorship programs and mm-hmm. stuff that you can do on a almost weekly basis, on a monthly basis at least, so you're not stuck in just one week, one year, every year. Only from these ages can you explore these issues. Every other time, you're just another white kid in your community even though you're not a white kid in your community.
1: (laughs) Do the agencies support the parents, like, a lot these days? I don't know, and I
0: think it depends on the agency and how much uh, either work they're doing or how many resources they can uh, divest and resource into these things. Who knows? Like, I don't don't know.
1: (laughs) It's crazy because as kids, too, obviously, we weren't trying to – hang out with a bunch of other kids that were adopted. Like, even the kids that were adopted from our town. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, my brother was friends with one of them, but there was a girl in my grade who was adopted. And I'm trying to think. I think she's biological with her brother, too. Oh, really? So it was a, it was a brother and a sister. Oh. They were adopted. And the girl was in my grade, and I never spoke to her. I never talked to her about anything. Never hung out with her. I think my brother was friends with... There was two guys. So her brother was in my brother's grade. And then there was another kid... Who was adopted? I think from Korea too. Oh yeah. And um, and I think Chris was better friends with them, but I was never like even I never associated with any other adoptees.
0: <laughs> so it was like my one of my best friends growing up was a Korean adoptee, but what I don't think it's because we were adoptees. I think it's because we both just had very similar sense of humor and personalities. Uh huh. But it was like did you... it wasn't one of those things where it was like, oh, you're adopted, I'm adopted. Let's hang <laughs> <laughs> out.
1: Did you um, did you guys ever talk about adoption?
0: Uh, with her, no, no, no. Actually, her sister was on one of the episodes, uh, Megan, and I actually had never that was literally the interview with her, was the longest conversation I've ever had with her.
1: Oh, and I've known her since
0: I was probably like eight or nine or something like that. And she was probably like five or six, maybe. But it was like, uh, it was crazy because she was always like, I would go over their house and we'd like hang out, but I would usually just hang out with her sister and, like, not her, because she was, like, you know, the baby sister. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> something, like, we ever really talked about, and I don't think, uh, you know, her family, I don't think, explored many of those issues either, but we were the ones wow. who were, me and my sister were the ones that were going to camps and oh, exploring these things. But even me and my sister, like, we didn't really talk about this kind of stuff together. Yeah, yeah. So, and we still really don't, I don't think. Wow, it's so, so
1: crazy. Yeah, like, man, I'm like, the one
0: who's, like, involved in all this stuff, and so, like,
1: my sister oh, yeah. doesn't really
0: do any of that stuff. Mm. Meanwhile, uh, her girlfriend—they actually live in Rhode Island, in uh, Cranston. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. um, so her girlfriend is actually an avid listener of the podcast. Oh my god! But then she <laughs> is not; like, doesn't even want to hear it. Like, what? So I think uh, Danielle, if you're listening, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out! My sister will be like, Danielle will just tell her what happened on the show. She won't like actually like listen to the show.
1: You know what, that's like that's just, so my sister isn't really involved in the community, and and I wasn't involved in the community for a long time either, like Mm -hmm. I, I mean, and when we, because we were in mostly white communities, so when we moved from West Boylston to the Cape, like the Cape is pretty white too, and we went to Cape Cod Academy, which, you know, you could probably imagine just by the name, is, it sounds pretty white, yeah, it's a pretty white (laughs) school, a very white area, so all my best friends who were white are white. Um, I actually one of my really really good friends, the girl that whose birthday was on Tuesday, she is biracial. She's white and Asian. Mm-hmm. Her mother is Japanese, and her father is um, like Irish. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of, of from a bunch of different areas. Yeah, but um, yeah. her and I were very good friends. But we were the only Asian kids in our class, so mm-hmm. it's like it's so crazy though. But um, yeah, we I, I never really was involved in the community. I found out I guess I was also probably an asshole in middle school and high school too.
0: <laughs> like in what ways? Like, well,
1: making fun of kids. Yeah, behind. making fun of kids being a shithead. Uh there was this girl who um I knew after high school. Um mm-hmm. and she told she was adopted from went to our school. Cape cutting at me. She was adopted. I did not know she was adopted and she told me that she tried to talk to me once you know, being like, Oh hey, you know, I'm adopted too. I think she was trying to talk to me about it. Is this and like I recent
0: like she she opened up to you about this?
1: Yeah, this was maybe four years ago. Oh, okay. So four years So I, past this is
0: way past high school then. Yeah, way past
1: high school. <laughs> wow. And so I, I I ran into her at this place and then, you know, we had hung out a couple times afterwards. And uh and she goes, Yeah, I tried to talk to you once at school about it, but you were just kinda like, eh, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, do, what? do you think you actually said that to her? No, I probably did just the whole, basically like, like oh, the attitude yeah, cool. of just like yeah, just the attitude, like oh whatever, cool, you yeah. get out of here. Is that how
0: you were? You were like
1: <laughs> probably yeah, I was probably... seeing
0: Eminem now, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I probably was doing something stupid. It was just like oh okay, you know, and then just walked away, probably being so rude to her. Oh, but I and I never knew she was adopted, and so when we were uh-huh. you know, hanging out afterwards, she'd be like oh yeah. I was like, I never knew that. She goes, Yeah, well, I tried to talk to you about it once. You didn't really care. It's like, Oh, well, sorry.
0: What brought the hangout on? Were you <laughs> hanging out with her like at a high school reunion <laughs> or something? No.
1: So I, 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 um, she worked at a clothing store. She worked at The Gap. Mm-hmm. And I ran into her one summer. And at the I Gap. was with my friend at The Gap. Ran into her. I was with my buddy. And I was like, Oh, hey. I was like, Oh, I remember her from high school. She was very attractive. So I talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> you blew know, your like, chance
0: by oh, being too cool.
1: I got her number, so I get her number right? <laughs> at the Gap. At the Gap, uh-huh. and then um, and then I, I never do anything with it. So uh, <laughs> I don't know. This was like five months later, maybe, or maybe even a year later. Uh-huh. Never do anything with it. Um, run into her at Banana Republic, and I'm talking, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, what's going on?" And I get her number again, even though I had it. I was like, oh, because I, I don't want to be creepy. Like, oh, I've had your number for a year, never called you. And then we started, we dated for a little bit. Uh-huh. And she was just like, yeah. So when we were dating, she was like, yeah, you were like a real asshole. It's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I hope things have changed, right? Why well, did she I'm keep like, giving that, that, you her number? <laughs> <laughs> or no, I know. Well, I like to think it's because I'm very smooth. It's because you're hot? Is that? The reality, she was like, you know that you asked for my number in front of my boss, right? I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't put know. that I, together. Yeah, I was like, oh, that woman was your boss? She was like, yeah, her name tag was like manager or whatever. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, 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 You are a smooth operator. I guess. And I think she might have felt more compelled. Her boss would have been like, why is this customer asking for your number? And why are you being so mean to him? <laughs> <laughs> so we dated for a little bit, and that was um, – that was probably the first adopted girl that I dated and also one of the people that told me that I was an asshole in middle school. <laughs> well I now have you high dated school. other
0: people that you knew in like high school and middle school since then?
1: Um no. So then no. who
0: else would tell you that? Like, yeah, unless I guess. like unless you're friends with them and they're like later. Okay, they're I'm, like, I'm
1: really good friends. My best friends now are people that I met at at Cape Cod Academy. <laughs> so yeah. but yeah. Yeah, I guess I really, I guess she'd be the only person. So unless I dated anyone else, which I haven't, which <laughs> I haven't, was there? Uh, did the adoption
0: thing come up a lot when you were
1: dating her? Mm-hmm. Was that like no. the
0: email or did it just come up that once? Um, Where she was like, oh, I tried to talk to you about this once.
1: Yeah, you know what? That was actually so. What we, actually we were dating maybe more than four years ago because I was in college at the time uh-huh. and they just started to like understand this asian identity obviously i'm always asian but then i was taking asian american studies classes so we were dating when i was maybe interesting yeah i was i must have been a sophomore or junior uh-huh. and um and so that's when we dated my sophomore or junior year, i forget now but i was just kind of understanding the whole identity thing and so i wasn't really very open about it maybe that was that was sort of my first time just understanding asian american identity understanding mm-hmm. how adoptees fit into a transracial adoption, and how it's so unique, and, and the experiences are so different,
0: yeah. and so I
1: wasn't really a very critical thinker. I'm probably still not a critical thinker, but I wasn't especially... You were really starting on the path, though. Well, I mean, yeah. you must have
0: been, you had been a little bit curious in order to take an Asian Studies class, right? I was. I was. So, all right, so wait, let's go, let's go back a little bit. So where, where did you end up going to school after the Academy?
1: So Cape Cod Academy, I went for a year to Miami which was school? A, which was a great year. Is that the impetus? I, yeah. Uh, well, you know, what? I was like colleges on time, the beach. Yeah. At that time I was like, oh man, I got to get out of Cape Cod. I just want to go as far away as possible. So I applied to schools in Florida and California. <laughs> and I got into a, like a bunch of different schools. So I was like, uh-huh. oh. but my one of my best friends is like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to U Miami. He got into U Miami too." So we went together. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were roommates, which was a terrible idea. <laughs> to be like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, because uh, I, I first of all, I was with other yeah, I was also an asshole in college, as it turned out, or at least for that one year. And uh-huh. then I learned, I learned better. You're but, like, what are you majoring in, babes? <laughs> <laughs> it was I was just such a poor roommate. Uh, I would be up at like two a.m. We FIFA came out at the time. FIFA was like huge in our and playing video games Oh yeah, and just being so loud and so I was just know, He's like, roommate. I
0: have a final tomorrow, man.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, hey, man, like we're trying to move up in the league.
0: <laughs> this is really important stuff here at college, right? Yeah,
1: I'm like, dude, I'm like in third place right now in the standings. I have to win this game to move up. Like, I don't care about your final. <laughs> so I was just a terrible roommate, but so I spent the year at U Miami, which was great. Uh-huh. I tell people this. it was a great year. It's a, it's a very good school too. But man, it's what so were,
0: you, were you studying? What did you declare? Psychology. Psychology. You, psychology. Mm-hmm.
1: you know why I picked psych initially? Why? Was Uh, there wasn't a heavy math requirement so i tend to (laughs) yeah i I, are you not good at math no i'm like pretty good at math like i i got a five on the ap calc exam wow holy crap yeah that's but i was kind of like (laughs) so you got a
0: five on the ap calc exam but you're like well i don't want to do anything math heavy
1: yeah you know i was just like i was like you know what fuck math i'm so sick of it um i'm gonna pick a, I was originally a BS in psych, but then I found out that there was a heavy math requirement, so I switched to a BA. And I was like, psych <laughs> is like whatever, seems pretty easy. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, shit I'm human college. Mind. Yeah, not like I'm like, there. whatever. I'm already tested out of math. Like this is perfect. Boom, psych. <laughs> nice. So that that's how I landed on psychology. So there was and like, was, you know was there
0: mean. even a tangential interest in psychology or were you just just no, like, not at all. No, I just, just thought seems it was easier than
1: math. Seemed easy. I was a kid that was going from that need to get out of Cape Cod, went to U Miami, sure. and I was like, "Oh man, you know, I just want to have fun." So I only spent a year down there. Uh-huh. Um, I ended up sticking with psych, though. That's what I ended up majoring in. And so after U Miami, I came back to uh, Massachusetts. I lived on really? Cape, and I, yeah, I lived on Cape, and I commuted three days a week to UMass Boston. Okay, and uh, that's where I ended up finishing school, and I have a degree in psychology. Nice. And as it turns out, psych is not as easy as I thought it was. No kidding. Yeah. There's like a heavy science component But at least to it's it. not
0: mathematically
1: No. very difficult. Unless you're
0: doing like statistical research
1: or anything like that. I know. And it's so weird because I, like, I didn't want to take math, but I ended up taking computer science, a class <laughs> in, in computer science at, okay. at Miami. And it was like, what was I even thinking? So the mind of the mind of a high school senior is like not a great. Well, you're not fully mind. developed. Yeah. In the, <laughs> the brain area quite yet as a teenager.
0: <laughs>
1: not at all.
0: Okay, so you end up going to UMass Boston UMass, studying Boston. psychology, but you so got interested in Asian studies. That's yeah, that's not part a... of the psych regimen, right? That's Ooh, not at all. Of course.
1: Uh, yeah, not at all. So my brother was finishing up at umass boston too
0: oh so you went yeah. to was that the impetus like your brother was going to that school and you're like, yeah it was kind of like all
1: right yeah I, you know i needed to get a degree I, that was i was like set on that actually um my i remember this my best friend's dad so i come back from miami and i'm like i need a job i'm gonna be going to school three days a week so i end up working for my best friend's dad at a building company uh-huh. and i'll never forget this he told me he's like oh yeah you know welcome aboard so excited and he goes you need to get your degree, though. You have to promise me you're going to get your college degree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have any other people in my life telling me that. I was just kind of... Your I parents weren't to me. telling me you're going to college? I mean, they wanted us to go to college, but that was like the first time someone was flat out like, you need to get your degree. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to stay here, you have to get your degree. And so I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I didn't really have a plan other than, uh, you know, I was going to go to UMass Boston and try to figure it out. So oh. I worked there uh, and I go there three days a week. And my brother was going to UMass Boston, so it seemed like it was a natural fit. And he was involved. There's, like, a big Asian American studies program there. Mm -hmm. And so he was involved with a lot of people in that program. And uh, and I would hang out in the – there's, like, an Asian American studies office. So I would hang out there. You know, I would see him. And then I got interested in some of the classes, understanding identity. And and obviously this stuff relates to me. So I took one class, and I was like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Maybe I should take Mm -hmm. other classes in it. (laughs) (laughs) So he's kind of been – He pulled you in. You know, he, for I would say for probably a lot of my life in terms of oh, the yeah? ad- adoption community, in terms of understanding Asian American and racial mm-hmm. identity, he's definitely been the one that's like pulling Roping me you. into it. Yeah. Kicking
0: and screaming.
1: <laughs> would you
0: say you're king is you or is he just like a natural leadership thing? Like, I'm going to take care of you as my big brother. You should learn about these issues.
1: I think a little bit of both. It was a little bit of kicking and screaming. I mean, I really didn't have any interest in not just Asian American identity, but identities of adoptees at all. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me for a while, him and Nate were like, oh, man, you should come to some BKA stuff.
0: Right, like, yeah.
1: They had met each other at a Korean language class. So I'm in college, like we're at the same college and he's doing this, you know, the Boston Korean adoptees thing. And I was like, you know what? I'm not really interested. I'm in third
0: place in FIFA right now. Yeah, like I got
1: important (laughs) shit, man. (laughs) No, but I would tell him, I told him that I'm not really interested in that kumbaya bullshit. Like I'm not trying to hold hands around a campfire, talk with other people. That's what these groups are about. (laughs) Yeah, that's. So I have this whole thing in my mind that I just built up. And I was like, people are just holding hands, crying, playing guitars and talking. Do you think that's a fairly
0: popular view? Uh, I think like people that are aware of these groups but don't want to do that because they think it's gonna be like a drum circle or some something, something uh, like
1: that. You know, I don't know. It might be. I I think that people, I don't know if they. It might be. You know, I don't really know. It's well, certainly. So, what was I, your
0: experience way. when you when you go there? Was your paradigm shattered? You're like, oh, this isn't just uh, a bunch of kumbaya bullshit. This is like people actually, yeah, just hanging so, out and being friends and uh, soju I, I, shots. <laughs>
1: Um, Well, you know what? I kind of fell into the community. So So I'm I'm still in college. Yeah, no, no, actually, surprisingly not. So uh, so I'm still in college and living on Cape. And my brother calls me up. And so he's been trying to get me to do BKA stuff. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Yeah, you're resisting. Resisting like no other. So he calls me up and he goes, hey, uh, we have a panel at Camp Linden. And one of our people dropped out. Uh Do you want to be the fourth person?
0: What's the panel on? Just adoption stuff? Yeah, it
1: was at a culture camp at YMCA, mostly Chinese adoptees, but it was parents and they were going to just, you know, fire questions at us. Sure. We were going to talk about our experiences. Uh-huh. So this is the first time I'd ever done anything adoption related, right? <laughs> like I'm just taking Asian American studies classes, understanding identity and stuff like that. Out, so out of the like, frying pan. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know what, man, you're waking, like I got to wake up at 10 AM. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a Saturday. I'm like, you know, fine, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh-huh. So I go to this panel and after that I get, yeah, it wasn't even a party, but I, I sort of got involved in the community after said panel.
0: Well, do you remember anything from the panel? Any specific questions jump out at you?
1: Um, Experiences from that time? Well, I remember it was, if I ever do a panel again, I I know what not to do. So we go into this room. Those are important
0: experiences too. What not to
1: do. You can give advice for
0: the... people who are about to do a first-time panel. Like,
1: I, know, over I know, man. Oh, so they bring us in this room, and it's like a regular panel setup, right? Like just like the Niac one that you that you okay, were Okay, yeah. On. Yep. It's they have the table there. They have the four chairs. And they were just like, um, okay, so this is how it's set up. And we were like – somebody was like, oh, well, why don't we all just sit in a circle? And that became a total clusterfuck. It was like <laughs> awkward. It was weird. We moved the table over. So we remove all the barriers and uh-huh. everyone starts moving all the chairs in a circle. So it's us and the parents. And it was just kind of so awkward in the beginning because everyone was just trying to feel out the room. Everyone's seeing each other. We don't have the protection of the table. So it's <laughs> like <laughs> – You like that obstacle there. There's a separation. Yeah. Right in your mind you're you're just kind of like okay we're behind the table so you have a little bit we of We have a some seatbelt. semblance of authority up here exactly you listen to me yeah and so as soon as we moved the table we were all like oh this is very interesting we're
0: open it's a little bit more vulnerable right it,
1: yeah and, it, and we were just kind of like oh and I, and I don't remember specific questions but I remember the parents were like they really seemed to want to know what to do like they cared a lot about their kids and you could tell yeah. that they were just so worried about mm-hmm. doing Something And I remember one of the people on the panel, it definitely wasn't me, one of the very insightful people on the panel said, um, there's, it's like really hard to raise kids anyways, and we don't have all the answers. So there's no perfect way to raise an adopted kid. You, know, you have to do the best you can, right. take your experience, but there's no, there's no roadmap. Just like with regular parenting, there's no perfect way to do it. It's, yeah. it's going to be hard, and you just kind of have to do the best you can. Mm-hmm. And th- I think that was in response to the parents really looking for answers from us. And I was like, man, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a college junior. Like, I don't, I don't really have any answers on You're how to get answers from kid. me. Yeah. Like, what? What is this? Yeah.
0: No, it's funny. I Yeah. Cause when I was like 18, I started doing panels like that. And it was just oh, like man. a lot of stuff like that. They asked very specific questions about like how to parents the way I'm like, I don't, I'm not a parent.
1: No. <laughs> what and advice like, can
0: I possibly give you?
1: I, it's like you want to help them right and you want to yeah. be like oh give them the best advice but you you don't really know what to say because you're still at heart you're like a kid you're a kid
0: yeah <laughs> yeah it's tough. Yeah. So you can be like well uh not you ask your kids how they feel about it
1: yeah so that's how i sort of fell into the BK thing like okay. i was so that was the first time ever that i had been involved in an adoption thing and after yeah. that i was like well, after <laughs> were you like hooked,
0: or were you just like, let's go out and drink? This was heavy.
1: Well, like like most uh, things that people do in their lives, I, I was uh, there was a girl on the panel. Oh, that, yeah. I'm so. messy with this <laughs> you can see the pattern throughout my life, right? Yeah. My... <laughs> oh, hey, you know, get involved somehow. I guess. Yeah. So there was a, there was a girl on the panel that I was like, oh, she's really cute. Mm-hmm. I was like, so this is what BK is all about. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. So I was very shy though, and I was just kind of like, you know, what? I was, I was. You don't was, strike I'm me as a shy, shy guy. I'm a very shy person. I'm very shy. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I kind of want to know what her deal is, mm-hmm. and um. And so, you know, maybe I'll do something. They were going out afterwards. It was Nate's birthday that weekend. Okay. So they were going back to Boston. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm all set. You guys go have fun. So I'm like, oh, man, that girl's kind of cute. There was a dinner coming up, I think, the next month. There was like the Chew Sock dinner. Is that in October? Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. So BKA has a Chewstock dinner. So it's like a month later. And I'm like, Ugh. you know, I, I kind of want to see her again. But um, a little bit nervous about it. You didn't
0: get I'm a like, number then? He didn't? Uh, no, no.
1: I was her to intimidated her gap by job. <laughs> her. very intimidated by her. So Nate texts or Nate sends me a Facebook message. And because we didn't, I didn't know anyone other than Chris at the time. He sends me this Facebook message. He's like, hey, man, you know, it would be really cool. I didn't you know that you did the panel. Like, It would be really cool if you just came to the dinner. And yeah. I was like, that was it. That was the push I needed. So, it.
0: Just like That was it. Come on out.
1: Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I will go. So I went to the Chew sock dinner and then became a member, and every, you know, we started hanging out with all the BKA people, yeah. great friends of BKA now, and that was that was it. After that Chew sock dinner, I was just kind of like, oh, this isn't at all what I thought it was in my mind. These are regular people. Uh-huh. It turned out that we had more than just adoption in common. Like We really like to yeah. hang out with each other.
0: Well, that's what I find with a lot of these groups that like, you know, I mean... Some of my best friends are the people I went to like Holt Camp with when I was a kid, right? Yeah. But it's like not because we went to Holt Camp, even though we have that shared experience. It's more like just because they're awesome people and I love to hang out with them and they're good friends.
1: Yeah. It's so funny. When we first joined, like when I first got involved in BK, I felt like, oh my God, all these people, we have all these experiences together. This is so great. And then I found that as that progressed like as i was involved more and more and just time i started to realize that yeah these so a lot of these people are very nice and i wouldn't necessarily consider them close friends but they're friends but what i found was that i the people that i really connected with were people that i would be friends with regardless anyways of the yeah adoption. yeah and it was so funny because in the beginning i was just like totally oh man everyone's like oh so we're just great
0: talking about adoption all yeah. the time <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah so i met a lot of great people but that was um it's very eye opening to me to go to mm-hmm. the Chewsock dinner and be like, "Oh wow, this is not there. Are no, there's no campfire. There's no <laughs> guitar. There's no hand-holding. Oh, campfire and...
0: is pretty cool if
1: you ever do. <laughs> <laughs> you... Wait, did, you, did you ever see that girl again? Uh, we yeah yeah. So did you end up getting her number or what? We, you know what? We ended up um, we ended up dating. Oh right? yeah. Not not after that. So I had liked her. She was like one of the big reasons that I went to dinner. The other one being sure, that yeah. Nate pushed me in. And um, I liked her for a very long time. And then we ended up dating like maybe a year or two after that. We
0: mm-hmm. dated
1: for eighteen, for like oh, almost two years. 18 months we dated. Yeah. Right. So it took me that long to, to, <laughs> to, to, get, up to get up enough courage to uh, <laughs> see if
0: she wanted to go out. Yeah. Hey Well, she must have been pretty intimidating then. Was, was that the
1: case? very intimidating. She's a very intimidating girl. What was intimidating about her? She just had this way about her that she's very confident. Mm-hmm. And I'm still this college kid and I'm just like, ooh. Is she like she's... out
0: of college already, like
1: uh like a yeah, form adult. She, yeah, she was like she was actually she's only like four or five. 5 months older than me. Oh, so it yeah. wasn't a huge age gap, but she seemed like she was so much more mature. She was she had it together. Very pretty. Yeah, she was very pretty. She walked very confidently and I was just like, "Whoa." <laughs> what? And you were like,
0: "So, you you want to go to my place and play FIFA?" <laughs> yeah. I like, mean, so third in the league. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was li- the thing was too at the time. I was um I lived with my mom until I finished college. Mhm. So like the in the summer of 2010, because I was only going three days a week, I ended up finishing in 2000 the winter of 2010. Okay. So I didn't move up to Boston with my brother until that summer. And so the other thing is like, you know, you don't want to really ask a girl out and be like, oh yeah, do you want to come back to my mom's house and hang? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a, yeah, it could be a buzzkill. Yeah. So there were a lot of things working against me, the, not the least of which was that I was very intimidated by her. In you could game. always go
0: hang out at her place. Unless yeah. she lived with her parents. <laughs> no,
1: she did not. She, she lived in Boston at the time. And I was on Cave. But <laughs> I moved to Boston. And then, like, I think a year after that, we dated.
0: So did you move to Boston after college?
1: I did, yeah. The uh, the summer after, so I graduated in, like, well, t- I finished technically the, the winter of 2009, mm-hmm. I think, or 2009, 2010. And then that summer... Uh, Nate was moving in with QJ, and so I was going to move up to Boston, and uh, I moved in with Chris. So that was, yeah, the summer of 2010 was when I moved up there.
0: Okay. Well, what else in college did you study with Asian studies? Was it, what kind of classes did you explore any of your adoption identity scholar scholarly way after joining BKA?
1: Um, let me, I'm trying to think. I took a multiracial studies class Mm -hmm. and I felt like we did, I I think I wrote some papers on it. I don't don't think I have any of them, but I'm pretty sure I wrote some papers about it. I remember writing a paper about my name Mm -hmm. and how... Your Korean name? Both my names. So the, the paper, so this was like, I forget what class it was for, but basically our assignment was to write about our name and everyone in the class had just one name. Right. So I was like... Well, this is interesting because I have two names, right? Mm -hmm. I have a Korean name that I was born with, and then I have a name that I was given when I was adopted.
0: What's your Korean name?
1: Um, Well, the funny thing is I found out I have two Korean names. Say what? And I have two two birthdays. What? So my Korean name is Kang. I'm probably going to mess this up. It's Lee Kang-un is the name on my passport. That's like my Korean name. Uh Apparently, when we went over there and we met with some of our uncles, and I think our my brother met, ended up meeting our birth mother uh-huh. and uh, he found out that that was the name that was given by, I guess our father's side of the family. But my mother wanted to call me Lee Kong Min. So mm. I have these two names. So she refers to me as Kong Min and <laughs> everyone else refers to me as Kong Interesting.
0: Yeah. So Where... wait, I there, you didn't know that, right? So you just I had no to... idea.
1: I just thought it was Kong. Lee Kong. Mm hmm.
0: For that, essay.
1: For that essay, it was, that was what I thought my only Korean name was. So Mm -hmm. I wrote about, um, I wrote like how it was, how basically I had two names and I had two lives that I had this one person who was just a baby who basically died when, you know, Brandon Albrizio was born. And Mm -hmm. so unlike most people, I was tracing like the lineage of the Lee name and where it comes from. And I don't know, I probably Wikipedia did it or something. (laughs) But I was, but so I described that name. And then I was like, but then this other person was born at one. And so then I described my, my, uh, the name that I was given when I was adopted. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I went back that, because it was about the history of your last name and your family and everything. So they described the history of the Alberzio name and where that comes from. And it was just a very unique paper. I remember the teacher, I ended up talking to the professor after. She was like, that was like a really unique paper and everything. Yeah. So, I, I ha- remember writing about it thinking critically about it in terms of those senses, but I don't think I did there wasn't like an adoption class per se mm-hmm. it was more there like – there very um, rarely is yeah, you know, I don't think there are a lot of us <laughs> no, not uh, a whole didn't. lot of
0: adoption studies uh, <laughs> classes that'd be interesting mm-hmm. though like if you did like either like a like a psychology class or a social work class or a sociology class or an anthropology class just based on adoption. Yep.
1: There would be know, interest for that though?
0: Yeah. I don't know if there would be – I imagine there might be some interest especially in, like if there was a school of social work
1: because mm-hmm. it's not
0: a subject I think oh, that's right. often brought up but should be for oh, social workers true. who specialize in those kind of things. That's true. But I'm not sure. I don't. I, from what I understand, there's not a whole lot of classes on that even in schools of social work. Really? So, yeah, yeah.
1: You think there is because is, – I mean that's a huge component. Of, it's a big component of, the, of the, the
0: adoption cycle agency kind of thing.
1: I don't
0: know. I I think it's one of those self-study things. It'd be like like a self-starter. And actually, if you're interested in that, you have to go seek out the material. But there's not like an institutional knowledge base to draw
1: from that is a formal class. Do you feel like as adoptees, a lot of people want to study this though, especially transracial adoptees? Yeah. I talked
0: about this with uh, Omyo Kim who works at Boston College. Mm -hmm. He's a psychologist there. And I was like, you know, because I feel like since joining the, all the Facebook adoptee groups and stuff like that, there's almost always some Qualtrics survey or something from some psychology PhD candidate or student working on their dissertation or thesis or whatever. (laughs) That's like, take this quantitative survey and tell me about your adoptee experience and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, there's like a lot of these out there like right now. And I'm just like, is it that? people are getting older and now pursuing their PhDs at adults and it's something that they're interested in or is it has it always been this way and I've just been blind to it until now (laughs) and she told me like no no this is like real this is like that's a real thing you're not being paranoid or like crazy like more adoptees are getting involved in like psychology and those kinds of studies and those fields of work to explore that I was like that's very interesting in the scholastic environment that that's kind of I don't know if it's booming, but there's an a, an increase in a market increase in adoptees that are exploring those issues.
1: That's crazy. For a, for a time I felt like in the BKA group there was once a month somebody posting about, "Oh, take this survey, yeah. do this, I'll hook you up." Um, <laughs> I'll hook you up. <laughs> yeah, I think well I'm like if you want us to do a survey, should not people be giving you something if they want you to do a survey? I don't know. At least like one and a half credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I, I just, I feel like lately, and although it hasn't happened for a while, but I feel like for a little bit there, we were getting asked to participate in a lot of different studies all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I definitely, there may be no classes that we can think of, but there's definitely a lot of research happening about it. There
0: is certainly a lot of research out there. That's
1: for sure. That's happening.
0: All right. So you finished
1: college. Finish college. And then Working.
0: Working. Where, where did you start working?
1: Yeah, I'm still. I was working full time while I was going to college. I've always, oh, wow. yeah, since I was like nineteen, I guess. Mm-hmm. I worked. I worked full time, basically. <laughs>
0: Damn. So, well, now you can at least report to the boss that uh, you got your degree.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I was working. Yeah, working full time. Um, after college, I I stayed at that company for let's see, probably another two years. And then I, I was at the company. Um, I became friends with um, this woman and her husband. And her husband was a web developer. And mm-hmm. so my dad called me up one day and was like, Hey, I need, you know, we're trying to do this new thing at our agency. Uh, it was like website stuff. And this was, this was like way before I finished college. And I was like, you know what? Um, I, I know someone actually, I know a web developer. Why don't you give him a call? So This guy, that um, the husband of this woman I worked with, and my dad ended up—he ended up working with my dad at the agency, and um, and so I'm still working for my friend's dad at this general contracting company, and the three of us are started talking, and we're like, "Hey, this app thing—it's—it's really—it's really really starting to take off. Mm -hmm. Apple has an iPhone; everyone is talking about mobile apps. So we form a company that um, me and our the web developer we run." So we're the the active managers in the company, and I'm managing, like, basically the day-to-day, the business side of the company, and he's managing the technical side of it. Mm -hmm. So right after, like, a a couple years after I graduated college, um, we start this company, and the whole company was going to be about mobile apps. We were Mm -hmm. like, man, everyone's asking for them. We can build our own. We're going to build our own app, but then we're also going to sell custom mobile applications mm. to people. So, so you they, be like
0: just an app developer for
1: other people? Exactly. Exactly. We had this whole idea. We were like, "Oh man, it's going to be huge." And we were, obviously apps are huge now. Yeah, yeah. So we were a little early. So that's our big idea. And I bring my friend from high school, who I roomed with at U Miami. We we didn't talk for a little while after. The room. I'll be <laughs> the honest. guy
0: who you screwed over on his final. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> But but we had reconnected afterwards, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm so sorry. I, I'm grown up now. I have a job. <laughs> <And> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm starting a company. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, man, I'm starting this company, and and I want you to be involved. You can be the director of social media. Our second revenue oh, stream yeah. is going to be this thing called social media management because Facebook is also getting pretty big at the time. Right, yeah. And so we start this company, and, and he comes along. He becomes our director of social media, pu- installs our entire social media program. And we're like, man, this is great. We're going to do mobile apps. We have like a second revenue of social media. And we have like website development stuff too. So we start this company. And we go out there. We're talking to people. And it turns out that building a mobile app, the sticker price is very high for people at that time. So they were just like, oh, you know what? Not really sure. That's going to work. It it turns out everyone wants to know about social media though. So this thing that I had brought him on to be a second revenue stream, he was like, a primary revenue stream exactly because everyone's like you know what this facebook thing is getting pretty big like my daughter's telling me about it my wife's on it now what's going on with it so we so that starts really taking off so we ended up merging the two companies together two years ago and so now i work at the uh, at my dad's agency AdLife. after yeah so that was we did that two years ago so now i do that and um we just it just made sense because we thought that everyone was going to want mobile apps and everyone did, but no one could really afford it. I mean, they were hugely mm-hmm. expensive to build, so we just rolled everything together in one agency. We brought all the digital services in there, and it, it's worked out really well yeah, for that's us. That's awesome. So, then yeah. you've moved your dad's agency into the twenty first century. <laughs> well, he was doing they were doing website and email stuff, and really what, what started taking off was the social media. Yeah. So, we're doing really well with that. We rolled that all together, and and we're pretty excited about
0: nice so do you guys still do app development or is it mostly social media stuff now
1: you know what we can it's just we get we don't really get a lot of requests for it yeah Um, yeah. it's it is it's still hugely expensive development is like you know these people make a lot of money the really good ones make a lot of money so it's very expensive and it's kind of hard as a smaller like we deal with a lot of smaller companies SMBs so it's very hard for them to put up like a huge thing and like you know, you could be talking upwards of seventy-five to to $100,000 to build mm-hmm. a really good app. That's, yeah, it's so, pretty pricey. It's more like yeah, it, Oh, yeah. So it's like it, it's easier for people to get into the different products that we have that are much more accessible to them.
0: Sure. So let's go back a little bit. You said your brother had met your birth family. So he already oh, did yeah. a birth search then. Were you a participant in that?
1: Uh, I what was a kind of participant. Thing? <laughs> Did he check with you? He's like, hey, I plan. He, did. he did. I remember. He. Um, how did that start? He came to me and he said, hey, I'm going to do a birth search. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, okay. I I don't know what we're going to find. I don't really know if there's any information out there. Yeah. So he, he just tells me that and he kind of just runs with it and does <laughs> the whole thing.
0: When was this? Are you were still in college?
1: Yeah, this was maybe 2000. I want to say this is probably 2009 maybe. Okay. 2009. He's like, I'm gonna do a birth search. He do, he contacts the agency. I, I guess we were adopted out of Eastern in Korea. Okay. Yep. So He does. I get. He contacts. I don't know somebody at the agency. Maybe at. I don't know if there was Love the Children or somewhere else. And they contact Eastern, and we go over for the uh, the gathering in 2010. Uh-huh. And by then they had located our father's side of the family. Oh wow. And our uncles. Mm-hmm. So, when we went over there, after the gathering, we went to Eastern and actually met our uncles. Where did they was, live? In um, Pusan?
0: Oh, Pusan. Okay, yeah. They live in
1: Pusan? Or Pohong. <laughs> I know. I, I'm very <laughs> different at... places. Maybe yeah, both, if we... there's multiple uncles. You never know. I think we went... I remember we went to Pusan. I don't remember if we met... I think they live in Pohong. Okay. Because we had to go from Pusan to Pohong to meet okay. them. Or, or we met them at the agency, and then we... We went to their house in oh, so That's right. where, yeah, that's where they live, and we met some of our cousins, too. Oh, yeah? And it was...
0: Were they like wigged out, weird. or did they know you were coming? Oh, well, they knew we were coming.
1: And... They definitely knew we were coming. We didn't have a translator, which is like, if you ever go to Korea, <laughs> you need a translator. Oh, man. I, I definitely regret that. You said they so didn't
0: we... try to help you out with that? They weren't like, hey, mm. you should probably get a
1: translator. I think that the and woman was there a translator sort of...
0: at least at the agency when you met them.
1: Yeah, there was like a woman there, but her English wasn't really great, uh-huh. so it was it was okay. So maybe bring your own independent. Translator. Oh, yeah, anyone, I, I just, that's, like, the one piece of advice I'll give everyone. If you're going to do that, you got to bring it. And I believe you
0: can get those resources through Goal. So if you're thinking about going over there for the gathering this week, <laughs> doing something similar, go to Goal and try. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
0: they might be tapped Definitely. out because you know, the gatherings are hard. Everybody's doing, like, the same thing. At yeah.
1: The same time. So we, we meet them.
0: Do, were you the only ones doing a search at that time, going to meet your birth family, do you remember? Or was it, like, a rush of oh. people going to Eastern?
1: I think that we went with somebody else, too. One of our friends, I think, was also looking for some information. Mm-hmm. I don't think she had anything set up, but she was definitely looking for information. Okay. So, okay. So, you go to Pohong. You meet them. Go to Pohang. We'll meet them for a second time. So, we met them at the agency, and we got a lot of information from the agency. They gave us some paperwork and stuff. And then we, we set up something to go meet one of our uncles and aunts and our cousins in Pohong. So, we go down there, and we go out. We go out to dinner with them, and our other uncles are there, and it was so trippy. It was like – because they keep calling us our Korean names, and oh, they don't oh, yeah. you know Their English is really bad. Our One of our cousins is trying to do some translation for us, and it's just kind of like – Oh, uh, his English was okay. It wasn't <laughs> again. It wasn't great. You could get by like <laughs> yeah. at some
0: kind of weird conglish conversation.
1: Mm, yeah, it was very, and they and they were using translation apps sometimes too. Oh yeah, but it was uh, it was just very trippy. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever have you met anyone from your birthday? No. No, I can imagine it's
0: crazy. I would definitely bring a translator for sure because mm, I would so, have yeah. no idea what's happening, I'm sure. <laughs> but, so your brother did most of the legwork in terms of contacting yeah. the agency and the social worker contact and all that stuff?
1: You know, he did He did it all. He set it up, set up the meeting. Um, when we were over there, obviously, together, we, we set up to meet them a second time, set everything up. And uh, we were really looking to meet our mother, too. Yeah. But they, they said that they couldn't find her. So okay. we're like, okay, so... We well, met what our was the uncles. history
0: with the your your father and your mother? Would they just split?
1: So her father died. Okay. Yeah. So they brought us to where his ashes were spread, which mm-hmm. was again very trippy, and we're just like taking it all in. Right. We were a little—I I don't know about Chris, but I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to meet our birth mother because that was really, I think, for me, very important. Yeah. But the agency's like, uh, or they—we ask our uncles, and they're like, "Oh, yeah, we don't really know how to get in touch with her." So okay. Mm-hmm on the day we're leaving for, we're in the airport and chris gets an email with a picture of our birth mom at what? yeah from from our uncles she came by they were like oh <laughs> what yeah i was like what? we don't know how to get in touch with her oh she's here oh yeah They're, oh man we got in touch with her and she came by 2 days after you guys oh, left man. i was like no way so obviously they they found her they contacted yeah. her um Chris ended up going back two years ago or three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Two or three years ago, he ended up going back and actually meeting our birth mother.
0: And where which, does she live?
1: Uh, somewhere in Seoul, I think.
0: Okay, so that's pretty easy to get to. Then once you're in the city, you're like, mm-hmm. it's, it's fairly, it's easier to get there than Pohong.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. So he met her, and I have not met her yet. But we are going back to Korea this summer. Okay, and. I will meet her for the first time. Well, that's exciting. Are you excited? Yeah. I'm nervous.
0: Yeah, well, I can imagine that, too.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's like I met our uncles, and it was so trippy, and it was weird, and I, I was just trying to take it all in. There's all these emotions, but then there's okay. no emotions. And so are you keep m- in contact with them? Uh, Chris does a little bit. Oh, yeah? I, I don't. They- we traded emails and stuff, but I think periodically they'll email Chris, but we don't really talk to them very often. What's but, the
0: response been from your uh, your birth mother?
1: Oh, she has – so we have a a sister or half-sister over there. Uh-huh. And so she met Chris, and she introduced Chris to the sister. And so the sister has been talking to us a little bit. Okay. Um, on cacao, I used to have cacao. Is it cacao? K- K- yeah, yeah. Cacao ta- talk. <laughs> so she would used to try to talk to us on that, but her English was very bad again, and uh-huh. I didn't. Yeah, I wouldn't really always understand what she was saying. But we keep a little bit in touch. I think Chris's wife mostly talks to her. Is so it wife keep... Korean? No, she's Chinese. Which is so. <laughs> which is the funniest thing about all of this? She talks to our sister in Korea more than we do. Wow. <laughs> Huh. But that's how, right. that's how we keep in touch. I don't think that our mom really talks too much to Chris. Mm-hmm. And obviously, I haven't met her. So, you think it's a language barrier been... thing? or Yeah, that's such a big part of it, man. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so hard when you're just trying to say hi or ask basic questions. It's like you can't even do it because they don't really speak a lot of English. And obviously, we don't speak any Korean.
0: Right, yeah. So are you going to go back with a translator this time or try to get a translator while you're over yes. there?
1: Yes, yeah. yes, 100%. I, I have even talked to Chris about this yet, so maybe he's gonna find out on the podcast but we're getting a translator. <laughs> <laughs> I, look, look, I highly recommend it, and, and you know get somebody who's
0: independent too, and who maybe oh, yeah. if you can get somebody who's versed in the language of adoption that would help as well. That way they're not trying to translate words that they don't necessarily know or
1: whatever. So. Funny that you say that is at the agency the there were like the a woman would be talking to our uncles mm-hmm. and there's a lot of back and forth. And then she would just turn to us and say one thing. Was, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. They, I'm like, there's no way. And it was like kind of a comedy movie. Yeah, like, I know, was like the stupid American. I'm like, there's no way that all of that was contained in one sentence. You exactly. guys are talking like two minutes. So I, accused. I, I don't think I was being accused of her. Or I hope not. But I was like, there's no way she's properly translating. No chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well,
0: there's also a difference between a translator and an an interpreter. Interpreter. You know what I mean?
1: Because mm-hmm. you can be Ooh. like
0: interpreting all and having a back and forth conversation and boiling it down to like mm-hmm. one sentence for you or something like that. It's like, well, that's not a direct translation,
1: right? But then sometimes
0: you get a direct translation. And you're like. Sometimes words don't translate correctly, or they mean different things, and then it's like, I don't know if that's what he meant to say. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you lived, in, but you lived in Korea for a little bit, didn't you? I lived
0: in Korea for two years, yeah, but it's not like I was interacting with Koreans a whole lot. It was mostly other expats oh. and English teachers. And uh, well, how's your Korean? Your conversation My must Korean be decent. Is right? Terrible. Although no somebody way. at NISAC, <laughs> one of the people at NISAC, who I guess was a. <laughs> Uh, you know, second gen Korean American came up afterwards. She's like, Oh no, your Korean's really good. And I was like, You heard me say one thing.
1: <laughs>
0: I was like, Let me tell you, my Korean is not good. I'm gonna be so oh, honest, it's not good.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, we're definitely gonna get a translator. And I'm actually taking a Korean class. So, BKA court set up this like private Korean class because the gathering is again this year. And, um, and they're like, Oh, you can sign up for it. So, I mm-hmm. am doing yeah. that. Okay, and cool. Man, it is so hard. It, I yeah, feel it's like, difficult. Oh, I feel like Billy Madison sitting down <laughs> in class. I'm just like looking at these things. I'm trying to understand the basic consonants and vowels. And I'm like, oh, yeah. holy crap, this is hard. <laughs> By
0: the way, for you younger listeners, Billy Madison is an Adam Sandler
1: movie.
0: <laughs> <in the laughs> oh, Adam Sandler used to be on SNL. He was on SNL. <laughs> Great. You,
1: yeah. you know, it's so funny you say that because... Uh, I did not realize that younger people do not know who Adam Sandler is, do not understand Adam Sandler references. Mm-hmm. No, I was talking yeah. to someone and I was like, oh, yeah, happy something out of Happy Gilmore. And they're like, what? I was like, the Adam Sandler movie, Happy Gilmore. And they're like, what's that? What? What are you talking about? I do not know Adam Sandler.
0: I, mean, I, I had that on, like, just when DVDs were coming out I got that it was one of the first DVDs I no heard. way I swear to god no actually it was really funny so I saw Captain America Civil War last night I'm not going to give away no spoilers no, no spoilers.
1: spoilers I haven't seen it yet no spoilers and Spider-Man
0: has this line he's like hey guys have you ever seen that really old movie Empire Strikes Back and everybody's <laughs> just like oh <laughs>
1: like, shut up Spider-Man <laughs> go That's that because he's supposed to be really young right
0: yeah, or he, yeah. the new like 15, the new guy they got is like young. He's like 15
1: in the movie. It is about
0: right. I mean, that's like, you know, anyways. No. So, but, <laughs> that's, <laughs> but that's like how I feel sometimes with these kids. I literally, wow. so after that NYSAC panel, I'm talking with all this. I mean, we ate lunch with like some of the uh, students and stuff like that. And they're like trying to explain Snapchat. And they're like, oh, yeah, you're like really old. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Like, I'm, not, I'm not old. I'm not that old.
1: Oh, but you're older <laughs> so, than me, right?
0: I don't. Uh, well, I am thirty-one.
1: Oh, okay. So you're not that much older than me. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm 29. Okay, yeah, yeah. I so, felt like you were much older than me. I think you I, carry yourself. very well. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it out there in your podcast, Mike. You carry yourself very well.
0: Uh, all right, so I'm I'm 31.
1: Everybody, <laughs> I'm
0: not that old. Just because I don't know or do Snapchat doesn't mean
1: you got to do it. You got to get on I Snapchat. Can, man. I don't. No,
0: I don't want to have to learn another thing. That's how I okay. So that's how I know I'm actually getting old. Is that I'm like,
1: <laughs> <You're done. laughs> the
0: nope. point where I'm like, no,
1: nope, I have what I need. <laughs> so you're using Facebook, right? Obviously, you were. yeah, yeah with it. I so use, Facebook use Facebook and Facebook? Twitter. I've been, using, Twitter. Okay, am,
0: I've been using. Okay, this is how old I am, kids. I've been using Twitter since it was just a group text format. It was not no an app. Way. Apps didn't exist yet. I used to have it on my flip phone. I used to, no have to flip one and it was only used for group texting. Because was back it? in the day when you got charged per text message, yeah. and you were trying to coordinate like, oh, when are we going to the movies or something? That was the easiest way to do it to text multiple people at a time and you could fit instead of texting five different people the same information, just one text to five different people.
1: No, wait, was that when it was like four four oh four or yeah yeah, was yeah. It? it was like four oh four oh four.
0: So you texted four oh four oh four at your friend, at this friend, at this friend, and it would blast it out to their phones.
1: My, no. All way! they have to
0: do is hit like basically like reply all on a text so Twitter
1: message. that's I mean there was a web interface too, but that's how the mobile interface There was worked.
0: a web interface, but originally it was just a text-based platform and that's how you did it.
1: The kids, <laughs> the kids I'll tell you what, that's that so is old. That is so old school. It's super I'm, old. Kids are like, it.
0: What? I don't understand. Like I had to input Twitter as a contact into my phone <laughs> so I would not have to remember t- to hit four oh four oh four. It would just be like text Twitter and then like at, in the text line I would text.
1: I gotta uh, tell you, I worry kids. about the young kids these days because they don't <laughs> they don't remember, man. they don't remember a time before the iPhone. They don't remember like, nights having to wait till nine o'clock to call my friends. No, yes. When you're dating girls three nights and weekends. weekends. I'll,
0: I'll call you at nine. I'll call you at nine. Don't yeah. don't try to text me before that. I'm not paying no for that texting.
1: shit. No text <laughs> I remember when we got our first phones, I was in eighth grade, we got Nokia phones. Me, those my brother. That you can my play
0: Snake on, right? Snake.
1: Oh yes. I was just telling <laughs> a
0: student at NYU. I was like, you know, I beat Snake once. It was one of the greatest <laughs> days of my life. It's like saying you beat Pac-Man. Right?
1: <laughs> oh man, they don't. They just. I I worry for them because they're growing up with all this privilege. And I was like, man, <laughs> you don't get it. When there was one color on the screen, I'm like <laughs> it wasn't even a two-color screen. It was no, a yeah, it was, screen with. Black. It was green and black or oh.
0: yellow and black. I had mm-hmm. both of
1: those. Yeah, and and that was that was great, man. My mom would tell us, "Oh yeah, you know, you're dating girls in high school. You can't call anyone until after nine o'clock. three oh, yeah, it's weekends.
0: Yeah, we had to wait. <laughs> I had to wait. Uh, we ran up the bill one time so high, my parents like had to get a long distance plan. We didn't have a long distance
1: plan for a very long time. That's right. That, the na- I remember when they came out with the nationwide plans. That was all. Oh yeah, place. that was a big deal. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. You, you can call. You can even call Hawaii. That was like, what?
0: I don't even know anybody in Hawaii, but now I want to. Oh
1: man, <laughs> uh, the nights and then somebody had a night. It's in weekends plan that started. or obviously the weekends were regular, but the the, the nighttime started at seven Ooh. versus nine. I think yeah. it would have been Nextel or Sprint, but when they were man. separate, man, they don't. The kids they don't get it back in the day though. That's, they don't get it. They, well, even they now, now I'm like, so good. So,
0: this, so, this is how they take advantage of these people who who, who refuse to adapt to new technologies. I, I drive through like Palisades Park in Fort Lee, which is a heavy Korean population, and they'll have billboards for like these different mobile companies, like third party mobile companies, not like Verizon or Sprint or AT and T, like like one of the like
1: <laughs> like, yeah, Boost like Cricket or, or whatever. Cricket, yeah. yeah,
0: whatever. And it's just like. Low price of twenty one dollars per month to call South Korea unlimited. And I'm like, why don't you just Skype them? <laughs> it's free. <laughs> why would you? Why? Come on! But it's like because they're
1: taking advantage of the people who don't want to deal with the new technology Yeah. Boxes. Oh no, no, no. That's just terrible. So they're just, just taking their twenty bucks. Get on Hangouts. And then you got to deal with something.
0: like this shitty third party service.
1: <laughs> Man. So, so you, you're like an original Twitter user. I'm an OG. Oh, you really are, man. That's that's amazing. Kids don't kids don't know a time before know. apps. There was a time before apps, and it was not a good time, man. It was, it not. was hard. We're living in the stone age. Oh man. So so you, your Facebook, your Twitter, you're, you got to be on Instagram, right?
0: I have a personal Instagram. I don't have a Rambler Instagram.
1: Mm, we well, should have. Oh well. What would you take pictures of though? Because obviously, it's I, don't I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people want to see your your face, Mike. You they can see, see it, it
0: on uh, – so most of the pictures that I do take, I end up putting on Twitter and Facebook. So it's okay. like, why follow me on Instagram if you can just go to either of those two? But so how are
1: you going to reach the kids now, man?
0: I don't know. Maybe – you know what? I'm going to have to hire one of these little brats to be
1: one of them, <laughs> <maybe>. <laughs> i'm just I'll, i will just leave you with this snapchat i was a big like mm, i don't like it because well, i'm and just then, like is snapchat just I'm for big like on it.
0: sending nudies to each other like and no disappear? that's what
1: everyone thinks man i'm that's i'm so big on it as i feel like uh, is that expanded that beyond right that? It? it's definitely expanded i would say all my friends have snapchat i just <laughs> god i'm just telling you so there's this whole component the stories component Where you can take a picture and you put—it's basically like a Twitter feed, like a Mm -hmm. tweet. But whoever you're friends with can just go see your story, and that—that was total. That changed everything about Snapchat. Now (laughs) it's—it's so ubiquitous, man. Oh God, Uh, because people want people. Listen, I talked to Nate about this too. You got a great radio voice. We love you. Have like a (laughs) phenomenal radio voice. I appreciate that. Your intros are great. When I listen, I was like, man. This guy's got a great radio voice. <laughs> so now you got to pair the voice with the Snapchat story, and you oh, have it man. all, man.
0: I think it's mostly the mic. I've been told, like, I sound different in real life, which I think is true, too, but I also hate listening to myself,
1: mm. but I have
0: to do that for the show, so now I just yeah. now it's pretty ubiquitous. It's like, oh, yeah, that's me, even if I hate it. So do you think you sound different? Uh, I've heard from other people that I sound different on the show than in real life, but I'm not sure... You know as as a first person sitting here like I don't know how true that is or not like it's not for me to judge it's too subjective
1: I mean I feel like you sound pretty close to the same as when you were at the I, workshop I would' think or at the so. panel yeah
0: how do I know it's like haters
1: know. it's the young kids they're all haters man
0: but haters. <laughs> haters and hate ain' gonna hate.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, I would just leave you with you got you got to get on, you got to look at right. into it. I think, I think it's going to be very think, important. About it. Especially for expanding the audience to the kids. <laughs> they all, all they right. love it, man.
0: Well, speaking of social media, where can people find you in the online sphere
1: if they can find you or if you so, want to be found? What's your I, Snapchat handle? Do they have oh, handles, I don't even know how it works. Yeah, you, you have a username. It works a lot like Twitter. So, because our agency. Does so much advertising, and um, it's this sounds funny, but because I was like, I like headed up the digital marketing for so long. I'm actually a very private person on social media. Oh, so my yeah, Twitter, yeah. my Twitter's private. My Instagram is private. My Facebook, obviously, is it's pretty private too. So no don't you print it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> if I know you, you can find me on Facebook. I'd say Facebook is the main place that uh-huh. uh, I do most of my interactions on. So if you want to find me on Facebook, it's the entryway in. Mm-hmm. That's the gateway. Okay. Do
0: <laughs> so you look for Brendan on Facebook, and if he likes you, he'll let you into the rest uh,
1: yeah, of um, I have high standards for that. For <laughs> being my friend. That's fair.
0: That's fair. That's decent. I think that, so yeah, uh, you know, when I, and this is the other thing with being kind of in the middle now with all the older people who didn't grow up with social media and the internet, is that they're like, you know, kids these days don't care about privacy. And I was like, I don't think that's true. I think they just have a different idea of privacy than you do
1: you're you're 100% right because it, things like Snapchat are so big now yeah. and a, a lot of kids do have locked down Instagram profiles mm-hmm. so th- their sense of privacy i think is just well, they want to be want to share
0: with the world and here's for me and my buddies
1: it's so much more compartmentalized yeah, than yeah. Th- their their concept of an understanding of networks is so much greater than than ours were at that age mm-hmm. that they understand what to send out where and who they want to see it and who the audience is going to be it's amazing
0: right i agree All right, well, with that, I want to thank you for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike.
0: Sharing your story with me and the world. (laughs) Thank you, (laughs) man. For a private person.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: All right, thanks a lot.
1: Thanks, man.
0: All right, and that was my episode with Brendan Albrizio. That was my uh, conversation. How was that? Was that pretty good? All right. Sorry, I had to begin the uh, the show with such a with a Debbie Downer. All right, but listen, it needs to be said. Okay, bullying's not cool. And honestly, I think that's one of my uh, re- main reasons why Captain America is one of my favorite superheroes and why I love that first movie so much. When most people were like, "Nah, eh, it was okay. I don't know. It wasn't no Iron Man. Okay, you're right. It wasn't an Iron Man. Okay, because the one thing I love about Cap is that he doesn't. He knows what it's like to be bullied, and he doesn't like bullies. All right, that's one of my favorite parts of the movie is when they ask him uh the doctor asks him why he wants to volunteer to go fight the war. His a very simple answer is basically I don't like bullies. And that's awesome. Okay? Be like Cap. Be like Captain America. You can you can fight back, all right? Just like Captain America. All right, today's music is provided by the bell at Needle Drop Records, and we uh, sampled a little bit from Dumfounded's new single Safe, as well as uh, Aquafina's Green Tea, which you're going to hear shortly. And of course, we have. A collective effort. You can find their music on SoundCloud. Just uh, give them a little search for Collective Effort music. You could always do me a solid by leaving me a nice review on iTunes if you enjoy this show. I don't know if Google Play has anything like this. I know I think Podbean may have some kind of rating system, a like button. I'm not sure. Share it with your family and friends. Do you have uh, something you want to? You heard on the show and listen to the past episodes and or this episode, and you're like, hey, I wish uh, somebody heard this because it's very important to hear. And share it with them. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, on, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on all your social media things of which I know nothing about anymore. I'm just getting a little bit old for, for that. I've reached my technical, well, my, de- my technical, my technological peak. OK, Facebook and Twitter is kind of where I cut it off. But you guys are free to share this on all kinds of stuff. You can always find my show on iTunes, on Google Play, on Podbean, and the latest episodes up in SoundCloud. And if you like the show, review it. If you like the show, you can always email me at therambleradhd at gmail.com. Send me a nice tweet. I'm on Twitter at therambleradhd and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Okay, I try to respond to your messages as much as I can in any way, shape, or form. And I'll try to get back to you, all right? I will. I promise. It might be a little bit late. You know, I, I can't monitor this stuff all the time. I have a job. I have a regular job. This is not my full-time job. I know a lot of people ask me that, but it's not. Um, it's a passion project, and I'll, I'll try to get back to you in a reasonable amount of time. Okay, again, share this if you like it. If you're getting bullied, screw them, all right? Stand up for yourself, and stand up for your friends if they're getting bullied, too, even better, okay? Because nobody deserves to be treated like that nobody and uh, nobody beats the whiz either <laughs> you guys don't even know what that is anymore <laughs> it's very old it's an old reference an old electronic store remember those uh, before Best Buy <laughs> and you know there was Circuit City too and Radio Shack I guess Radio Shack's are still around listen I'm going on a major tangent right now okay so disregard all of this listen uh, thank you for listening to the show I really appreciate it and you are not alone out there okay you weren't alone If you ever feel alone, you can turn on episodes of this and know that there's a whole community of people out there just like you who love you very much, okay? Including me. I may not know you, but uh, I send out my love to you guys as much as I can. Have a great week. You know, and and live well, okay? Live long and prosper for all you geeks out there. (laughs) I'll talk to you guys next week when we talk where well, you can listen to my conversation, which may be a two-parter. There's a, we talked a lot with uh, Milton Washington, who's coming out with his memoir. All right? I know you guys are excited about this interview. So get your podcast thingies ready, because that interview is crazy. That might be a two-part episode, because we talked for two and a half hours. It was crazy. All right? Uh, so you look forward to that. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey,
1: yellow bitches in a driver's seat. Yellow bitches in a driver's seat. Yellow bitches in the driver's seat, bitch Drive that Corolla right into the streets Yellow bitches in the driver's seat Yellow bitches in the driver's seat